Welcome to Media Business on the Michigan Business Network. I'm Tony Connolly. Thanks so much for joining us as we record this in October. There's so much going on in the world, and I wanted to get someone who, for a living, covers the news. Gary Miles is the editor and publisher of the Detroit News. I've known Gary for a long time as we worked together at WILX-TV in Lansing. He has also been a reporter and editor at print publications in Port here on Lansing, New Jersey, and Washington, D.C. He's got his hands in a lot of other stuff when it comes to the Associated Press media editors and other goodies like that. He's pretty busy, but he's taking some time to join us today. Gary, how are you? Good, Tony. How are you doing? I'm doing very well. Let's just dive right into it. Israel has declared war against Hamas after the Hamas attack on Israel's soil. Do you think I have that right in the way I presented that, Gary? Yes. Yeah, I think you handled it well. Well, the reason I said that, as you know, Gary, there is a large Jewish and Muslim, as well as Middle Eastern population in the Detroit area. I know Coldwater has the same thing and probably other areas of the state. As someone from Mount Clemens, I've seen this all my life. There's a huge challenge in presenting this Israel story to kind of both sides of the story, if you will. And I wanted you to talk a little bit about that, about the challenges on reporting this story and how you're trying to be fair and balanced. Well, I think you hit it on the head. The biggest thing about covering the story is that it's highly sensitive among populations that are both large and influential in Metro Detroit and in some ways, Michigan, and also very proud and very concerned populations, both about you know their futures, the future of the Middle East and that part of it. So, you know, I would say on the one hand, that does make it a more difficult story for us to cover, not because of the inherent challenges so much, but because of the passions that are embroiled around it. But on the other hand, as you know, Tony, too, we deal with other controversial issues almost every day, whether it's, you know, abortion or it's, you know, sexual harassment charges against a football coach or it's labor negotiations, you know, with the UAW and the big three, all of which have a certain amount of passion. It's just this one is more unusual in the sense that, you know, it's a life and death struggle there in many places and in many cases. And it's been a several hundred years effort for recognition for Palestine and its Israelis and Jews who have a homeland that they'd been yearning for and don't want to see it infringed upon. So it's very sensitive, but in so many ways, it's also the kind of thing we deal with every day. We just have to be more careful, I think, in our newsroom to talk about all the conversations that come up, to freely discuss the differing opinions about how we should cover something that don't necessarily get so much discussion in a UAW strike or, you know, a typical legislative debate. When talking about this story in Israel, there's been some very difficult reporting that came out of that. How do you present that in a fair and balanced way? Because you know you're going to get pushback from one side or the other. I've seen reporting where consumers of the news are perhaps Non-consumers of the news don't believe what they see and they hear. How do you deal with that, Gary? This one has been particularly troubling because we all almost instantly heard, you know, the most horrific reports. But the question became, and I think for everyone, became how do you 
then verify something that is alleged to have happened so far away that does have the potential for, you know, what some call atrocity propaganda, which is to amplify what really happened to try and get, you know, the popular opinion on your side. And, you know, what we do is look for verification, first of all. No one wants to see videos like the ones we were looking for. But at the same time, if people are going to claim that people are beheading babies, we want to see, you know, where that report comes from, where does it emanate from, because it's easy to repeat, much harder to verify. Gary, when talking about the story, I keep going back when you have an enemy or when you have difficult challenge with someone or a group of people, you can start by finding what is the common ground? What do we have in common? And it seems like this has been going on. This conflict has been going on for hundreds and hundreds of years, no matter how you find common ground. You know, I want your thoughts on that, at least from the perspective of Michigan in the Detroit area, how folks, how we all try to live together and find common ground in, in difficult challenges like this? Well, certainly in Metro Detroit, it has gone, I would say, relatively well. In other words, one of the first stories we asked about of local authorities was, you know, what do they expect in the way of local tensions? Are there antenna up for, you know, possible you know, retribution or higher tensions in Metro Detroit, and what are they doing to be proactive about that? And so we did a story fairly quickly on Monday to, you know, report about that. And of course, that was the night too, that the Jewish community was having its first significant rally. You know, in terms of the bigger picture, I think it's hard to tell how this plays out. Obviously, the commonality in this story is two groups that essentially, you know, claim the same homeland or try to claim the same homeland. But I will say that the interfaith community in Metro Detroit has been strong enough and strong so far in that I think we haven't seen a lot of attention spilling over yet. But of course, it's still we're a week into it here. Gary, when we come back, I want to talk a little bit more about this story in regards of how we in the media can be better in covering it. We'll do that next. This is Media Business. I'm Tony Conley on the Michigan Business Network. At dbis.com. Click and order your office supplies online today. Delivered free tomorrow. DBI offers a complete selection of office products, break room, janitorial supplies, and greener products with convenient 24-7 online ordering. Save time and money by ordering online. Visit dbis.com to set up your account today. DBI does all things office, office supplies, furniture, and environments. dbis.com. This is the Michigan Business Network Media Business, and I'm your host, Tony Conley. We're talking with Gary Miles, who's the editor and publisher of the Detroit News. Gary, you know, I've got an easy solution on how to bring folks together, especially when there's challenges like this with what's going on in Israel and that part of the world. And I think that it's sports. I am a high school basketball coach. And when you're coaching a team, there's no rich, there's no poor, there's no black, there's no white. I've also noticed when I went down to opening day for the Detroit Tigers and I was downtown, Gary, I was just kind of blown away how in these trying times we have in our country, the division, I just saw 
every kind of person. And I just saw a lot of positivity, a lot of love. Now I know it's opening day and I know it's springs getting here and that makes everyone upbeat, but it just kind of showed me that in Detroit folks can come together on a lot of different things. And hopefully that could be a bonding for the challenges we might have. I think that's true in many ways in Detroit. I mean, sports are a great unifier here. And, you know, perhaps with the exception of the college rivalry, but even then, I think, you know, sports are a way to get people on the same team. I don't know exactly how that obviously applies in the Middle East, but certainly in Metro Detroit and keeping people unified, I think that can be a great unifier. Gary, how can we in the media be better in reporting this story and trying to be fair and balanced? Well, I think one of the most important things, and I've spent a lot of time on this, because like you said, Tony, you know, we've been hearing about Middle East conflict since we could first turn on the TV or radio ourselves, you know, whether it was, you know, Beirut in the 70s and conflicts, you know, ever since. But at the same time, Sometimes we rarely take a look at the origins of the conflict and try and understand it. And I think when we do, we understand it better from both sides, quite frankly. When you really kind of steep yourself, not just in the what happened last week, but how we got here. And I think that's a critical aspect of coverage of anything, which is to get as much background as you can, as quickly as you can, about how we got here and what the passions and motivations and feelings are of people involved. And then, you know, another important thing is to continue to focus on accuracy and to focus on fairness and to do our jobs of providing perspective and context and having various viewpoints. For example, after both the Jewish community and the Palestinian community in Metro Detroit had rallies on respective nights, the next day, a group of imams called the press conference and had the press come around. And they're As there is with any press conference, there's some debate about, do we cover this? And then the challenge is, well, you know, what did these religious leaders say? And in one case, at least, there was an allegation that much of what we were hearing was propaganda, atrocity propaganda, making it sound like things happened that didn't really happen. And the imam went on to state that many of those things have now been debunked, but didn't say how or why they'd been debunked. And so the question came up, you know, how do we cover this and how do we make sure we're act, we, we can't put out an untruth if we know it's an untruth? But of course, what we didn't know and what we don't know is the true extent of some of the atrocities that occurred. There's no question that this was barbarism on some level, but on what level and does it matter? And it matters to us because we're going to be repeating it or not repeating it. So, you know, it's fair, certainly for the imams to caution us that we should be careful not to just repeat things that somebody said, but to actually try and verify whatever it is we're reporting and that we can report. And that is a concern that we all should have to make sure that we're accurately and fairly and with perspective and context reporting on what's happening there. Gary, I'm always curious with our guests to find out where they get their news. I know you probably really rely on your reporters and your staff. But where else do you go to get news? I go just about everywhere because I think it's important to hear what so many people are saying. I mean, yes, principally our staff and our reporters, but beyond that, we have two primary wire services that we use at the news. Well, three, really, the Associated Press, of which we're a member, and of course, they do the lion's share of international reporting. We also get Bloomberg and Washington Post wire, so we get those feeds directly. There's also a Tribune wire that we get, which is mostly 
regional reporting from around the country, from major papers around the country. But beyond that, you know, you can bet that I'm reading just about everything I can find when we're hearing about an allegation that somebody wants to, you know, mention in a column in our paper, for instance, or on our website. I'm trying to verify the facts or we're trying to verify the facts that they're repeating. Where did they come from and are they accurate? So, you know, I certainly keep an eye on what people are saying on the CNNs and the Fox News and the MSNBCs. We're obviously regularly reading the New York Times and the Washington Post, which do a lot of that reporting, but Reuters and Bloomberg. For years, I've had the Jerusalem Post and some Mideast English sites I follow on Twitter. So if I'm curious, I'll go to what they're reporting as well. We're talking with Gary Miles, who's the editor and publisher of the Detroit News. We've got one more segment with Gary. When we come back, we'll see if we can get the latest on the UAW strike against the big three. We'll do that next here on Media Business on Michigan Business Network. The attorneys of Foster Swift, Collins & Smith offer legal counsel to businesses, families, individuals, and municipalities throughout Michigan with offices in Lansing, Farmington Hills, Grand Rapids, Detroit, Marquette, and Holland. Clients know they can count on Foster Swift for all their legal needs, from straightforward wills to sophisticated business transactions and complex litigation. Learn more about Foster Swift and how they can assist you at fosterswift.com. Welcome back to Media Business. I'm Tony Conley talking with Gary Miles, the editor and publisher of the Detroit News. If you go to the news to their website, they're covering the UAW strike against the big three. Gary, from what we know, where are we with that? I think the crux of the story is that the UAW for its members wants more money, wants better benefits, wants a little bit short of a working week. Where are we with the story from your perspective and your coverage? Well, we might be in an interesting fork in the road just this morning here on Friday. Tony, you know, the UAW called Ford's biggest and most lucrative plant out on strike earlier this week with much notice. And that was different from what it has done in most of the other cases of the strike so far, which was to, you know, have a Friday morning announcement. On Friday, Sean Fain announced that he wasn't going to take any more plants out. But, you know, he pointed out that this lucrative plant that was struck in Louisville was making a point to Ford that they got to keep giving at the table. And right now, I think Ford's latest offer is 23% in pay increases over four years. Other big issues are really the time frame in which workers that hired in at a lower tier get to the higher tier, to the main wage structure of the UAW, which the UAW would like to eliminate completely. This tiered structure came in with the restructuring of the automotive companies 15 years ago and helped reduce costs. But the big point that the UAW is making and beating over the head, I would say, of the auto executives is if you can afford to pay your chief executive $20 million or more a year, And if this auto plant that we took out on strike is profitable to the tune of $48,000 a minute, as Sean Fain said today, then our workers ought to be able to make more than $48,000 in a year. And I think, you know, you're really seeing 
class struggle first and foremost here, I think, in the front lines of this strike. It's in some ways is bigger than just a typical UAW strike. This gets to some of the class and social divisions that are roiling even the political landscape in the U.S. today. To counter that UAW story, I see that Sean Fain, who's the UAW president, there's a story of him wearing a t-shirt, Eat the Rich, and it talked about his salary, which is in excess of $325,000 last year. So he's talking about all the money that big three executives are making and complaining about what his workers don't get when he's making a pretty sweet living. So that's an interesting dynamic to the story, I think. It is certainly, but that's a salary that's voted in in the Constitutional Convention of the UAW representatives who met in Detroit last year. So I have a lot of respect for you know the leadership at Ford, but I don't know that if you ask its employees to vote, that they would vote for $20 million for Mr. Farley, but they might. And you know, so that's a slight but significant difference in how these things are created. But yeah, it's the leadership of the UAW certainly does well as well. Gary, another story that the Detroit News has been covering is the story of people with ties to communist China buying land in Michigan. What's your take on that? What's the latest from what you know? Well, I think as long as the relations, you know, China has made no secret about its intent to dominate the world stage militarily, economically. And I think the tensions that are growing are real and quite frankly, important to focus on. And, you know, I think sometimes people forget that the focus on the war in Ukraine and U.S. support for Ukraine is almost inseparable from the concern in the United States that 90% of the high-level chips that we use in industry and in vehicles come from Taiwan, which is under constant threat from China. And if China is emboldened by what happens in the Russian-Ukraine conflict to try and bring Taiwan in under its fold, then much of America's advanced chip supply is now directly under the control of the Chinese. So I think all these concerns are real. And, you know, whether it's land or technology, I think there are real concerns about China that won't go away and will likely only escalate. Final question for you, Gary. The Detroit Lions are four and one. They're in first place in the NFC North. And I was just wondering, I don't get to Detroit as much as I like. I know there's a lot of buzz around the Lansing area where I live. What's the buzz down in Detroit? Do you find your coverage getting more hits? How are the Lions doing popularity-wise down in Detroit? Our circulation director here, you know, who still deals in print, has said, you know, if the Lions ever win the Super Bowl, there's not enough paper in North America to print all the papers we're going to print. But, you know, I think Dan Campbell and the Lions have been a great story. And I got to spend a little time with him at a conference earlier this year. And, you know, I think he's a part of the reason without question, both his personality and his approach are not just magnetic, but he's a real believable guy, a guy you can get behind, I think, when you have a conversation with him. Interestingly, Tony, going to your point, I asked him if he had always, you know, some pro football players, you know, want to become coaches and see that as their, I asked him if that had always been his plan. Of course, he was on the 0-16 Lions. Yeah. So, and he said, no, not at all. In fact, he didn't even toy with the idea until, you know, a fellow player asked him to help with a youth camp and he enjoyed it so much. He said, oh, I kind of like this. I think I might, you know, 
coach at this level. And next thing you know, I mean, obviously not quickly, but the head coach of the Lions and they're on a roll. And yeah, Detroit, I think is very excited. All of Michigan, maybe the UP would prefer to see the pack on top, but you know, they could go to really make leaps and strides here with a win over Tampa Bay. You can find the Detroit news online everywhere. I still see the printed newspapers in some places that I go. Gary Miles is the editor and publisher of the Detroit news. You can follow him on X, formerly Twitter. Gary, it's great talking with you, sir. I appreciate your time. Thank you. You too. Take care, Tony. Thank you. I'm Tony Connolly. This is Media Business on the Michigan Business Network. We'll see you next time.